Welcome to the Mouthy IP Podcast, where we discuss infection prevention for the busy dental profession. The Mouthy IP Podcast is created by Nebraska ICAP, Infection Control Assessment and Promotion Program, and is funded by the Nebraska DHHS HAI team via a CDC grant. Each podcast features experts discussing current infection prevention topics and answers to questions asked by dental professionals from Nebraska. Welcome to a special edition of the Mouth EIP. Today, we have two of our usual contributors. We have Sarah Stream and Dr. Richard Hankins. And what makes this a special edition is our special guest. We also have Dr. Fritz Kraft. Dr. Kraft, would you like to tell everybody a little bit about you? I, my name is Charles F. Kraft. I go by Fritz, and um, I'm a 1980 graduate from the University of Nebraska College of Dentistry. Uh, I moved directly to Alaska and joined the U.S. Public Health Service, was detailed to the Indian Health Service, and I spent 20 years uh, helping uh, Native American Indian and Eskimo populations throughout the state and uh, performed over 200 remote dental missions into uh, an extremely difficult environment, but it taught me a lot about public health and challenges and the, how, to, how to face overwhelming dental need, which uh, the Alaska people have. Um, following that, I spent 12 years in Southeast Asia working for a French medical company that uh, supplied medical and dental care to our U.S. Embassy and other embassies and their personnel. And as a reserve officer, I um, also worked with the U.S. military and was assigned to about 15 di different countries doing humanitarian assistance missions as part of the global war on terror and uh, included a, a trip to Afghanistan in 2008. Um, <clears throat> so that's kind of my bio. And uh, in 2014, I moved back to Nebraska and became the uh, DHHS, Nebraska State Dental Health Director. Very cool. Well, thank you for joining us today, Dr. Kraft. We really appreciate your time. You bet. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> what does the health director do? <laughs> okay. Well, a lot of people ask me that. Uh, and basically, um, the role of the state office here is to try to improve oral health outcomes for all Nebraskans across the lifespan. And <clears throat> we uh, do assessments of the uh, oral health status here in Nebraska, uh, what needs our populations have, what resources the state has, and then we um, come up with uh, specific focus areas that we can uh, concentrate on to improve oral health outcomes. So uh, one of those things is to gather dental surveillance information so that we know what our dental disease rates are, not only here in Nebraska, but also we can divide it out by population groups. We can divide it by urban rural status, um, by different age groups. And then we can take that data and compare it to the national average, and we can compare it to other states. And so that information is extremely important if we apply for funding or a federal or state grant um, because we would like to take that information 
and set target goals for improvement. And that can be measured over time. And we'll know that, uh, or we'll be able to determine if our intervention efforts are being successful. That's great. So really the Department of Oral Health is all about access to care, is that correct? Well, that's, uh, that's the term everybody uses. Uh, it's access to care, but it's also education and it's uh, prevention. And uh, what we like to say about dental disease, um, I think we all learned a lot just going through the COVID pandemic, but uh, dental disease is actually the most prevalent illness on the planet. It affects one third of preschool children in the United States, one half of our students. And by the time you get to be adulthood, 90% of us have either had dental cavities or gum disease. Um, so it's a very widespread illness. Um, it can be even much, much um, more debilitating in uh, undeveloped countries. But one problem we have is there's no vaccine for dental disease, nor will there probably ever be a vaccine because of the multitude of bacteria that's involved in this illness. And therefore, the only way to really address it is through prevention. And so, as you said, uh, it is access to care, but we'd rather concentrate on preventing the disease so that corrective care isn't even necessary. And we know dental disease can be prevented if people can get access to the preventive services. So you have a couple of different programs going on right now. And um, one of them is the Nebraska Teeth Forever. Would you like to talk a little bit about that program and what's involved there? Yes, uh, when we um, first did our assessment of the state dental uh, situation back in 2016, um, and we also conducted a survey of young children in Head Start in third grade. What those results showed us was that Nebraska has a slightly higher disease rate for dental illness than the national average. But then when we looked at the statistics closer, there was a huge disparity between rural and urban dental health. And as we uh, dug deeper into the numbers, um, I'm sure we all understand, but uh, um, Nebraska only has really two major cities, and each of those two cities has a dental school. Now, there's only about uh, 70 or perhaps 75 dental schools in the whole nation. So for Nebraska to have two of them is quite, uh, that's quite a resource. And we also have a College of Public Health, which is another great resource. Um, but it, as we looked at the statistics, we noticed that urban children have high rates of dental disease, but they have uh, higher, higher rates of access to preventive services, and they have less untreated decay. So what that means is, uh, for some reason, uh, the urban children are having better health outcomes than the rural children. And some of those reasons might be that the uh, most of the dentists, probably about 60% of the dentists or 65% are located in our urban cities as compared to rural. Uh, but 
perhaps a bigger uh, reason might be that both of those dental schools, Creighton and the College of Dentistry in Lincoln, uh, have been going into their school districts for decades and providing preventive services such as screenings, fluoride varnish, and dental sealants. And those preventive measures have made a big difference in decay rates. And um, those same services aren't always available out in the rural areas of the state. So I think it was maybe five years ago, we applied for a, a federal grant uh, that was aimed at um, enhancing the state oral health uh, workforce and to uh, take a unique approach to dental disease within our state. So we were awarded a three-year grant. Uh, I think it was a $1 million grant. And what that grant did specifically was uh, utilized uh, what resources we have here in Nebraska. Um, so that would include our public health dental hygienists who are allowed to go into community settings provide preventive services without the supervision of a dentist. Now, not many states have that workforce available. And so Nebraska is one of the fortunate states that does. The other workforce we utilize was community health workers. Um, we know they're located throughout the state. They work with local health department departments already. They have a great diversity and cultural uh, skills. And so we combined the uh, public health hygienists with the community health workers and we formed community dental disease prevention teams. And those teams, we had enough funding to work with, I think initially about eight health departments. And we provided those teams with training on how to do preventive care out in uh, community settings. We also gave them equipment, which included uh, portable dental chairs, units, uh, um, hand pieces, sterilization equipment, and all the materials and, and instruments needed to provide these types of services. And so about five years ago, um, we started the Nebraska Teeth Forever program, which was in about eight different health departments, uh, mostly in the rural areas. And uh, when we approached the health directors, they were really excited about starting up a dental oral health uh, program aimed at prevention. And they thought that those programs uh, not only were needed, but they would be uh, uh, sustainable long-term. And so they, uh, they started uh, setting up agreements with DHHS and then we support them throughout the year. We also have a second program called um, uh, Nebraska, I'm sorry, it's called uh, Oral Health Access for Young Children, and that is a little bit um, smaller program. It doesn't require quite as much um, equipment and uh, materials, but it does offer children uh, dental screenings and dental fluoride applications, which can be uh, very, very helpful too. Uh, I think dental fluoride can cut disease about 25% if it's applied twice a year. Uh, the more elevated program, Nebraska Teeth Forever, which does uh, dental sealants, that can cut dental disease about 65%. Uh, now, if you combine the Nebraska Teeth Forever program with our other main uh, 
preventive uh, tool, and that's community water fluoridation. And I'm happy to say that Nebraska's uh, water systems have been uh, increasing slightly. And I think that we're about at the national average now of 72% of the community water uh, uh, systems are now fluoridated. And uh, water fluoridation also can cut dental disease about, I think, uh, 50 to maybe 70%. So it's a combination of all these different preventive services that can really make a difference. And our uh, grant program was aimed at providing those same services to rural people that the urban people already have access to. That was a long answer, but uh, that's what the grant is doing. That's great. A lot of great programs out there to help. Yeah, I should probably mention that that grant has now run out and we get our funding through other uh, federal sources and also through private foundations here in Nebraska. So I know one thing that you have had um, as a challenge since the beginning of the pandemic is kind of getting, getting the people that participate in these programs to understand that even though there is a pandemic, that these programs can still happen safely. Yeah, I think um, our Nebraska Teeth Forever programs uh, go into children's centers schools and older adult facilities. And all of those locations had challenges with the pandemic. Uh, many of them were shut down um, just out of safety concerns. But having faced this, uh, this outbreak for over a year now, especially the dental profession has looked at uh, what enhanced infection control measures are uh, reasonable and can effectively uh, stop the spread of this disease within the dental setting. And uh, we feel um, nationally, the dental directors, the state dental directors and the American Dental Association feel that uh, these services can still be safely provided. And uh, just with a few enhanced uh, measures of infection control and that they are more important than ever uh, at this time. Uh, for the last year and a half, a lot of patients uh, did not have access to their preventive care. They weren't going to their dental, their regular dentist, because often uh, the dental clinics could only do emergency care, and they weren't receiving them in their schools due to the shutdown. So uh, what it meant was uh, if you go a year and a half without any preventive care, then there's a good chance dental disease will take over. It only takes a few months for the cavity process to start. And um, so we feel like the preventive services are more important than ever to uh, get restarted at this important time. And by working together with, uh, in a partnership with the uh, ICAP program, uh, we feel that we can uh, let the school directors and let the health official, um, the, the health directors at the health departments understand that these programs can still be conducted safely. Uh, that's a very important message to get across. Um, none of the preventive services that we're doing or that we're recommending at this time produce an aerosol, which is how the uh, diseases COVID is transmitted. Um, so we feel like uh, not only is it very safe at this time, but it's imperative that these preventive services start back up. 
Okay. Uh, I was going to ask, with um, having lived in the state my entire life and uh, different parts, understanding that there are a number of issues with the rural versus urban divide and the differences of services and what's made available and what you know is available. You were talking a little bit about the um, you know lack of opportunity for uh, maybe some rural uh, individuals to make it to a dentist. Flipping it around, what are some of the challenges that the rural dentists have serving their clients? Well, I think when we look at a map in Nebraska, like uh, 50% is considered a general dental shortage area and 90% is considered a pediatric dentist shortage area. Um, so uh, that's the challenge that parents and patients have of getting to a dentist is that there just aren't as many in the rural areas. Now, as you said, flipping it around for a dentist, uh, they have to produce a certain amount uh, patient flow and services per day, per week, per month in order to cover the costs of running a dental uh, program or a dental office. And that's more challenging in a rural area where your population is smaller. And uh, so therefore the, the practice opportunities are a little bit more limited in a rural area compared to an urban area where you could maybe just be on the corner and there'd be a high population just within blocks of your office. Uh, so that's what do you, yeah. what do you mean by 20 or 50% and 90% shortage areas? Yeah. What is it? Yeah. Mean? Well, the yeah. office of, uh, sorry, the DHHS office of rural health, um, tracks, uh, health professional shortage areas along with, um, um, the health professional tracking system up at UNMC in Omaha. Um, they track the, uh, the, the dental professional shortage areas in Nebraska, and they produce a map and the map uh, clearly indicates that about half of the counties in Nebraska are considered a general dentist shortage area. Uh, I can't remember the exact figure, but I think it's like one dentist for every uh, three or 4,000 people. And so um, the other thing to consider is that not all dentists work full time either. So simply having a dentist in a county uh, doesn't mean, you know, they're open all the time. So um, th these uh, dental shortage areas are a, a concern for all states across the nation and uh, especially the pediatric dental shortage areas because um, dental disease affects children. I already mentioned the percentages and uh, uh, children need to get, if they do have dental disease, they need to get to a dentist quickly. Otherwise it will progress and get worse and involves more treatment and more expense, sometimes even going to the hospital operating room under general anesthesia. So um, I think the, the challenge is uh, in rural areas for both the dentist, the provider, and the patient are very real, not just in Nebraska, all over the nation. And it's just the reality of dental disease. Um, so that's, that's why a lot of our office's uh, focus is on prevention and uh, really trying to get equal access to these uh, things that I mentioned uh, 
fluoride varnish sealants equal access for rural children as compared to urban children because we know it can have a, a huge difference in in uh, reducing this disease. So Dr. Kraft, we have a lot of listeners in the state of Nebraska, and I know we have a few that are outside of the state of Nebraska. Um, if we have people that want to get involved in this um, education and access to care initiative, wherever they are, um, what are some things that they can do? Well, our office works closely with not only the local public health departments that I mentioned already, but also the community health centers. And we work closely with the free and charitable clinics. We also work closely with both dental schools and uh, all of those uh, entities are um, emphasizing prevention. Uh, we all understand how this disease works and we know that um, uh, the vast majority of dental effort is put on corrective care, but more uh, focus needs to be on the preventive end. So, um, you know, we're hoping to have a dental disease prevention program in all the health departments. We're in about uh, 12 now. Uh, we've grown over the last uh, three to five years, uh, but we'd like to see even more growth so that there's a program in every health department uh, all the uh, FQHCs already have a dental program that greatly emphasizes preventive care. And the, both dental schools go out into their communities and do community outreach um, efforts. Uh, I was just at a health fair yesterday here in Lincoln. And uh, so we're all working together uh, to address this problem. And I think there's lots of opportunities if people wanted to get involved just by calling their local health department or the dental college or the uh, community health centers to see how they could help. Now there's um, one other point I wanted to make um, in attacking dental disease. Uh, I mean, there's different approaches. You can just treat the disease or you can prevent the disease through these um, preventive services I mentioned, but there's another way to attack it too. And that's through education. And we know that um, the bacteria in your mouth grows at a rate that you must clean the bacterial plaque and film off your teeth and gums every 12 hours. Uh, if you don't, uh, that bacteria can grow and along with uh, you know, what you eat, and especially if it's high in sugar, that will create an acid that can attack the teeth. So uh, basically we say that you should brush your teeth twice a day and visit your dentist twice a year. And that's just to keep the disease under control. Now, as soon as you don't do that, it's sort of like your car. You can have a $20,000 car, but if you don't put gas on oil in it, it's not gonna work. And if you don't keep up your daily maintenance on oral hygiene, I promise you'll get dental disease. So one of the uh, programs we also have, Sarah, is the uh, Nebraska Early Dental Health starter kit educational program. And that's something that uh, we started about seven years ago. It's a uh, basically a kit uh, that has different types of hygiene um, aids uh, for different ages of children. And it actually starts the day you come home from the hospital. In other words, uh, there's a finger uh, cloth that you can put on the mother's finger or caregiver's finger and add water, and you can clean the film off the ridges of your uh, infant's um, 
uh, mouth and that can clean the bacterial film off. And you can do that two minutes twice a day. And then we have a little finger brush that can be used once teeth start to come in about age six months. And then as more teeth come in, there's a special grip toothbrush that the, the, the baby can hold on to, but the mother uh, actually does the brushing. And those uh, cleaning aids go up until age six. Uh, so what we found is many parents in the United States don't think about their children's dental health until about age four or five when they see a toothbrush in the drugstore and they go, oh, I think I should get a brush. But we know from our statistics that already a third of the children have dental disease. So it really should start from the day they come home from the hospital. And we recommend that they, uh, they do this two minutes twice a day, every day for the rest of your life. You just get into a, a, a habit of good oral daily hygiene. And between proper oral hygiene and proper diet and then access to the preventive services that we know work, we can really make a difference in this disease. Uh, this disease that doesn't have a vaccine, but we can have a, a huge impact on it. Uh, so the early dental health starter kits, and we actually had an opportunity during COVID when a lot of the preventive services were shut down, we had an outside funder called Nebraska Community Foundation that uh, donated money to the project. And then we partnered with the UNMC College of Dentistry to pack up 25,000 of these early dental health starter kits and deliver them across the state to health departments, to children's hospitals, to uh, home visiting programs, to uh, various different organizations. The reason we chose 25,000 is there's 25,000 new births every year in Nebraska. So um, we just feel like education is a really important component along with the preventive services um, to addressing this disease. And uh, the starter kit project has been very successful. In fact, we just sent out the last, um, the last shipment of 5,000 kits went out about a week ago. And uh, so we were happy to, uh, to be able to do that. The kits were packed at the College of Dentistry by faculty and student members over the course of the year. So despite the COVID challenges, we were able to get uh, those out. Very cool. You have a lot of good initiatives going on right now in the state. Yeah, thank you. Uh, the final comment I, I would have is that uh, with the COVID challenge, uh, there was uh, so much guidance coming out from CDC, from the FDA, from OSHA, from the American Dental Association, et cetera, et cetera, uh, that was um, challenging and confusing to the uh, dental profession. And so having a program like uh, ICAP, which can decipher all that information and work side by side with our uh, profession to come up with um, reasonable and safe decisions on how to address this disease. Uh, it's just been, um, you know, quite amazing. And I know that initially they worked closely with the uh, long-term care facilities, but now they're working closer with the dental profession. And uh, I think, you know, we're just quite fortunate that Nebraska has that resource too and that we're able to partner with you on this because uh, I think education is the key. Uh, once people you know, understand how the disease works and how we can safely confront it, um, you know, having this partnership between our office and uh, ICAP is extremely important at this time. So thank you all for all your work you're doing and um, 
we really appreciate, you know, the, the guidance and the information that you're able to provide. Thank you very much for those kind words, yeah. Dr. Kraft. It's been, sure. been a pleasure sure. working with you. <laughs> well, we're on it together. <laughs> That's right. So the, the initiatives, I, I admit they are awfully impressive in the dental area um, and, and the prevention and the cost savings that are eventually realized because of that are great. Yeah, you know, Dan, I probably didn't point that out, but it's true. If uh, preventive care, uh, I think a dental sealant costs forty to fifty dollars. A dental fluoride application is fifteen to twenty dollars. Compare that to a stainless steel crown or a pulpotomy, which can be several hundred dollars. And then if your child has multiple teeth, you may end up in the operating room, which would be thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. uh, it just makes sense economically. Uh, um, you know, from a um, disease perspective, it makes sense to emphasize the prevention. And that's really what our office is trying to do is coordinate all our resources across the state and work together to, uh, to put more focus on the prevention part. Uh, but it could save a lot of money and, uh, and a lot of pain too. Thank you very much for all of your efforts. Again, this is Dan German. We have our regular guests Sarah Stream and Dr. Richard Hankins. And then what made this a special edition was our special guest. Thank you very much, Dr. Kraft. Thank you guys very much for all your efforts. Thank you for spending time with us learning about infection prevention and control in the dental setting. If you have questions you would like the team to chat about, feel free to call our ICAP infection control hotline at 402-552-2881 or visit our website at icap.nebraskamed.com. Look for our next Mouthy IP podcast episode, and don't forget to stay chatty about infection control in your office.